Welcome to the Health Ignited Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Nick and Sonia Jensen. We are partners, parents, business partners, doctors, yoga teachers, and retreat leaders. We promise to bring you real conversations to awaken and ignite your potential to live your best life possible. Join us each week as we dive into topics varying from brain health, biohacking, hormones, and longevity, to relationships, parenting, meditation, and more. Together, creating community and building stronger foundations for the generations to come. Welcome to video number two, where we're really talking about um, setting ourselves up for success with uh, the four M's, right? So yesterday we talked a lot about uh, mindset, which is always where we want to set intention for, you know, anything that we do and highlighting some of the key points around how that frame that we're creating inside of our mind is, is dictating an experience of our hormones and vice versa. Um, it's great actually we just put that uh, we did a little funny little post that we sometimes like to do those that you follow us on Instagram uh, just regarding you know some of the weird behaviors that can show up in in relationship when maybe one of us is unconscious and we're not paying attention to the other person or you know in, in this particular video I was splashing water uh, carelessly on the mirror and Sonia in one phase of her cycle was able to able to come in and sort of clean up and not really think about it, not really feel like she needed to nag. But in the second half of her cycle, things are different. Uh, there's less resilience, less uh, patience, maybe more irritability. Uh, the, the hormones are fluctuating and it's going to show up in how someone maybe reacts or behaves or what have you. And um, it's a real thing. Like sometimes I splash water and I'm not paying attention to it on the mirror, right? And so... To me, it's not a big deal, obviously, but to someone else it is, right? And and so there's this sort of, is it the chicken and the egg? Are my hormones out of whack and therefore I'm behaving a certain way? Or am I behaving a certain way and, you know, as a result, my hormones are out of whack? And I'd say it's both. And it's cyclical. And, and definitely, Sonia, you know, chime in on some of those pieces that, that we're talking about here because this is really important. It's really easy to get down on ourselves around you know, things that are going on in life and expectations that we have for ourselves and other people. And if we can also have a, a way to look through the lens of the hormonal system to appreciate the fact that, you know, I, I may just be uh, a little bit less resilient this week than, than maybe I am a week from now. And this is where that own formula is so important because we're so quick to make meaning around things. This person is like that. You know, that person is like this. I'm this way. We are constantly making decisions based on a state that we're in, not necessarily a trade about who we are. And I, I would I would really like to, all of us to really investigate and ask those questions. Like, who am I really? You know, who am I in this situation? Who am I in this situation? Can I also be another way in, in, in this situation? And how much are my hormones dictating, you know, this default uh, reaction or this default reality for me? And, you know, one one experience may be that we feel like we need to apologize for how we're behaving and can we just observe that we're at a, we're at a unique stage of life we're in a unique state of life right now and what if we just suspend that that meaning so really you know you can go back if you didn't watch the first one you can kind of tune into some of that but i think really getting clear on that mindset and understanding that there's this relationship between our hormones and like neurotransmitters and Life is challenging and, and all these things. 
But we do show up differently when our hormones are being nurtured and being supported and when we support them and, and there's this dance where the two can really be synergized and we can also know ourselves at different phases of our life and different states that we find ourselves in. So that's really, uh, you know, that first sort of discussion. So moving into the next one, really we wanted to, to all of us to really start to appreciate just the role of stagnancy and which is essentially lack of movement and how that's a metaphor for so many things in our life uh, and then how to move into the state of flow. So, you know, when you think of this concept of flow, Dr. Uh, not Dr. Uh, Stephen Kotler has wrote a ton of books on um, uh, there's this idea of peak state, peak performance, this flow state that say peak athletes would get themselves in or maybe someone who's an artist gets in the state of flow or um, or someone who's writing a book, like you know Sonia's book, and she got into states of flow because things were she, every all the right circumstances were primed to be in this state of flow. And movement is such an important part because it's a physical representation of that energetic or emotional representation of flow within our body, but it's also a, a representation of flow with the hormonal system. So when we're in stagnation, when we're not moving our bodies. Um, we're not creating a mechanism for things to move and lots of things move more vigorously when we exercise obviously our temperature increases our blood flow increases our lymphatic system increases uh, we get an increased surge of hormonal activity the testosterone specifically when we you know lift heavy things or uh, and then cortisol goes up our stress hormones are uh, epinephrine dopamine norepinephrine there's a lot of changes in frequency and expression of the hormones when we move our body. And so that's the whole idea behind uh, movement is that it sets us up for a state of flow. And Sonia and I would say the most important thing that we can do in order to move our bodies or the most uh, important thing about moving our bodies is, is the importance on brain health or mental or emotional health. And yes, it's about the physical body. It's about you know, toning muscle and all that stuff, but really it's about brain health. And when you think of what does it feel like to be stuck on a, an emotion, a thought and whatnot, that stagnancy is really coming from this place of in inaction. You know, when we can't make a decision about something, it's because there's stagnancy. When we feel frustrated, we're in our thought process, we're stuck and we're stuck in a state of stagnancy. So let the, the physical body be a representation or metaphor for helping things move emotionally, helping things move, you know, physically, obviously, through the blood and the lymph and whatnot. And if we started to, like, sort of break down more specific what's happening on that musculoskeletal uh, level, every time you move your muscle, you put some sort of load on it, it's like charging a battery. And so many people that are, you know, feeling chronic pain or low energy, um, all of these things, you're not doing a regular recharge of your battery packs, which is your muscle. Your muscle is literally a source of electrical activity, but it only comes through contraction and relaxation, like this subsequent contract relax. And that literally t puts an electrical load on the body, which stimulates uh, these little energy packets in your muscle cells called mitochondria, but it stimulates the movement of actin and myosin, which allows for contraction and relaxation. So your body literally needs to be recharged every day through movement. And so that's a whole idea of movement as one of these core principles for hormones. Now, how do the two correlate? Like I said, anytime we're moving, we're really supporting brain health. So we're getting the neurons in our brain to start to fire. We're, we're getting an increased release of the 
the hormones from the pituitary gland to the thyroid to the adrenal glands to the muscle to all these different areas of the body wherever that focused you know um, battery pack is being activated within our muscles um, so super important to really pay attention to this role of the of movement in upgrading the hormonal system so Sonia and I in the and Melissa Melissa Alonso who's who's uh, our master decorator of ebooks and things like that and she helps to organize and send out emails to all of you guys um, she she does a really great job of, of laying out some of these foundational things and so when you're looking through the ebook and you're seeing some of the different hormones that are correlated with you know what we're working on this week uh, we want to really pay attention to, to the fact that this movement piece that we're doing is interacting with each of each of our different hormones in a, in a different maybe subtle or more obvious kind of way um, and so when we when we're setting ourselves up for the week really what we're trying to do is instill uh, these behaviors so that we can do them on a more regular basis this becomes our month this becomes our year and really where we center down down into this experience is in the experience of a morning practice now not everybody is um, able to uh, you know do a morning practice maybe because you know kids or life or what have you get it, it becomes difficult um, but there's something really magical about setting yourself up for the day. And really the reason why morning practice, I think hormonally speaking, is so important is because we're getting this surge of cortisol when we wake up. So it's called the cortisol awake response. Uh, too bad Sonia's not here. She, she's really good at explaining this. Um, but essentially there's this sort of sweet spot, and we all kind of know this. There's a sweet spot for when we wake up in the morning that you know if I sleep in a little bit more I know I'm gonna be more groggy right uh, maybe if you're 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 listening to this as a post recording or you're listening to a live you know do you know when you feel like you 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 should wake up because your energy is matching your alertness right and that's called the cortisol wake response so there's a surge of hormonal activity that is there to to stimulate that wake-up call and sometimes we don't listen to it sometimes we press the snooze button you know our brain can be awake we, we we get that little message i know i should wake up i know i should move my body but it feels so good to just be here in this bed and i would just i wish i could stay here as long as possible so um you know that's that's sort of the the discussion that's going on in the morning for all of us like you know i've experienced that many times over as has sonia uh, actually, Sonia has a bit of a superpower here. She, for whatever reason, can just get up even when she's fatigued. Uh, but these days, I do wake up before her. And so um, I think she just likes the fact that she has a specific time that she gets up after me. But anyways, uh, I'll digress. Uh, the point being, though, is that we all have a wake-up call that's waiting for us, that, that's there, and we need, to, we, we need to honor it because it's part of setting up that whole circadian rhythm. So part of the, this hormone for this five days, like what can happen in five days? You can start syncing your circadian clock. And we sync it with light in the morning. So as soon as we wake up, we want to turn the lights on, be, you know, turn as many lights on as you can. Better yet, this is why we put in there too. Try to get outside, get some natural sunlight. If you're, I mean, here in the Pacific Northwest, we finally have some sun that's coming out. A great time to get outside, breathe in the fresh air, get some sun on your body. Um, but if obviously you're in an apartment building, you can't do that, or for whatever reason you can't do that, try to get the light on as soon as you can. Try to get some water, hydrate uh, in, in as soon as you can. And if you, if you can, if you can make it work in your schedule, even for 10 minutes, um, 
you, this is where you want to put in that movement because you want to charge your battery packs for the day. Your ability to have resilience and move through pain and stagnation and that the whole flow that we just discussed in the brain and, and reorganize that mindset really happens with that movement. Um, so very, very important. And it doesn't have to be complicated, right? It could be a, a YouTube video that you're watching on, on movement. It could be you've uh, been in some of our programs before um, you've got some recorded videos of just some quick little morning routines that you could be doing uh, whatever it is obviously ideal if it's something you enjoy doing you know uh, because that can be part of that momentum and actually getting out of bed in the morning but whatever it is for you it uh, try to implement that in the morning if it's absolutely not, not possible try to get in sometime earlier in the day uh, from according to the research, when we exercise late at night, our sleep quality is affected. And so melatonin goes down. Uh, I'll give you a good example. I started playing softball. I'm sore, very sore. I'm not used to quick bursts of speed, although I do love to run. Um, but I played ba uh, baseball or softball last night, and it was a doubleheader. Apparently, our softball games are doubleheaders every Monday night. Uh, but I played the 6.30 game, and that was fine. But then I had to go back for my 9.10 game. And I don't do activity at 9, 10 at night. So my sleep last night was terrible because I was doing way too much activity, running around in a field with the lights on and, um, you know, and, uh, at, at, at an odd hour of the evening for me. And my sleep was restless and I'm sore and achy more so than I would be if I actually had a good night's sleep. And this is that whole circ circadian clock. So movement should be correlated with that circadian clock. So it's more ideal to get that movement in the earlier part of the day. So the body knows to get up, be ready for the day, charge those battery packs. And then as the as we move into the evening and the nighttime practice, the gratitude journal, the things that we discussed, now you're actually set up for proper deep sleep um, as you sort of make your way into the evening. And so um, on the next call, we're gonna be going into more details on the meal timing, which is also connected to the circadian clock. But know this, like this is super important. You can literally change your circadian clock, which is essentially what we're trying to teach you here. This is the, this is ultimately the message: is that you can change your circadian rhythm or uh, coordinate your circadian rhythm in a relatively short period of time. Now, if you've ever gone, you know, traveled, uh, maybe even across North America or gone to Europe or different parts of the world, um, there's a calibration that happens to that new time zone. Well, we are recalibrating to a new lifestyle, and that's so important to address. And that this is totally connected to um, everything that we're doing in this week. And so there's a there's a researcher named Dr. Sachin Panda, and he wrote a book called The Circadian Code, which is all, is all about understanding meal timing, timing, movement, all these things. But what what his research showed is that even kids like uh, college kids who are you know partying on the weekends. Um, I never did that. Just kidding. I think we, we've all been there. Um, but we partied on the weekends and then tried to recover during the week. And so you stay up late, you know, maybe Thursday, Friday, study for the test on, on you know, that, that particular morning. And then you're going out all weekend and then you're trying to recover. And he, and he says that people doing this kind of strategy, even us, like, say, maybe, oh, maybe we'll stay up a little bit later on the weekends. Um we're, we're moving ourselves into a shift worker like reality and as Sonia will agree some of the most challenging people to work with hormonally are shift workers am I right Sonia um, this is super important and and often the conversation that we're having in our um, clinic here is like you got to go to bed on time 
right? Or if someone who is a nurse is, is doing shift work, we try to coordinate uh, or we, we get them to actually communicate with their, their, um, uh, their boss about what would it look like to move to a, to a more regular daytime schedule. And I can't tell you, I mean, maybe Sonia, you can agree with this or, t or speak to this or type in about this, but often it just requires a conversation. So if you are savvy to this, this circadian clock, you can actually have conversations to see if you can even be put on a wait list to to get into to sync your schedule into more regular rhythm and i can't it's literally been every time that someone's really understood this this whole circadian clock um and they they're willing to to try it out most of the nurses and you know from sorry you mentioned firefighters uh not firefighters are slightly different case I, I think just depending on which uh, station they're in because they have to be there and sometimes it's going to be all hours of the night but you'd be surprised about how many conversations that we have where, where the patient or the person is actually successful in, in making that shift when they talk to their bosses about it and the Saudi will probably see the the change in the blood work is profound and this is what I want you guys to appreciate. The things that you're doing this week are really a big deal because you're actually trying to sync your circadian cycle. This is the whole reason for this five-day upgrade is what would it look like if you gave yourself a prescription for going to bed on time, moving your body at the appropriate times of the day, changing the timing of your meals to set you up for digestive fire, like we mentioned last time, the Ayurvedic principle of you want your largest meal in the middle of the day. You ideally want to close the kitchen, you know, two to four hours before bedtime. The earlier you close the kitchen, the better. So the big part of setting yourself up is really honoring the circadian cycle, which is literally this whole hormone upgrade challenge for you guys. So um, I think that's good. On, Sonia, is there anything else on movement you think that, um, that we need to talk? We talked about it as a battery. We talked about it being a stimulus for your brain to secrete the right hormones to set you up for success for your day obviously emotionally you can be more resilient when you get some movement in um, and uh, we talked about the battery packs so contraction relaxation is actually the stimulus for your battery packs to engage which is helping us move through pain um, helping us move through um, stagnation emotionally helping us um, just get stronger of course um, yeah, and so Sonia wanted to just emphasize a big part of that is, is actually going outside, and that's really where that circadian clock starts to get triggered. And and our circadian clock can also get triggered by bare feet on the ground, or maybe your feet in the ocean, or you know whatever your environment looks like outside. But it, ideally, we get bare feet on the ground, reconnect to the earth, program our natural cycle, our natural rhythm, get the the sunlight again. If hopefully it's sunny outside, but even just daylight is is good uh, is a good start. Yeah, so all those things that Sonia mentioned there decreases cortisol, stabilizes mood, lowers the blood pressure, and helps you feel more connected. And that's the whole idea, right? Because this this week is all about self-empowerment, uh, self-connection, recognizing these cycles of life, and uh, what we can do to mitigate some of the stressors that show up. <laughs> uh, Sonia says she has so much FOMO right now. Um, Sonia, I know there's other questions around, uh, some, some great questions around uh, post-menopause and some w women who are wanting to know, like, you know, one of the questions was regarding being on Premarin and hormone, uh, BHRT maybe, and sort of some things to pay attention to in the, in the sort of sage years of life. I think those are important topics, we'll, which we'll touch on in the next one. 
And then someone had some questions about supplements. So we're going to get into that as well. Um, and I'm being paged to get to the IV room. So we're going to, we're going to cut the video here and, um, please share any questions you have, write down your successes, your wins, what you're doing for movement on a daily basis, what your morning practice looks like, what's your relationship to your circadian cycle. If that's a new term for you, uh, like let's, let's dive into that a little bit more, but that's really the hidden agenda for us, for you is to really establish that, that beautiful rhythm that's going to balance that hormonal system according to your life in the best way possible so let's get uh let's let's get at it again tomorrow we'll we'll get clear on the time for you guys and we'll figure out how to get both of us on here if we're in different locations so so much love to you guys so happy you're here keep up the good work and keep sharing we hope you enjoyed this episode of the health ignited podcast be sure to download, subscribe, and share as we build this conscious community together. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and our website, drsjensen.com. Please note all information on this podcast is not and should not be taken as medical advice. Please see a healthcare professional to receive the care needed. Thank you for sharing this time with us, igniting your health freedom. And welcome to the tribe.